CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group. It's Friday, October 27th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noel Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto's Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about crypto performance, US GDP, and the market impact of the ongoing trial. You know the one. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Crypto markets are in general settling back today after a week of holding relatively steady while stock markets around the world were falling fast. According to Coindesk Indices, at 8 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, Bitcoin was down three-tenths of a percent over the past 24 hours, trading at $34,067. Ether was down 1.8%, trading at $1,782. An article published on Coindesk earlier today points out that, in terms of the Turkish lira and the Nigerian naira, Bitcoin is at an all-time high, despite the asset trading 50% below its peak in US dollar terms. To that list, we can add the Argentinian peso. Bitcoin, in terms of the Argentine currency, is at an all-time high and up a whopping 270% over the past 12 months. In US dollar terms, Bitcoin has appreciated 65% over the same period. Looking at other currencies, we see some more strong performances. In the Russian ruble, Bitcoin is not at an all-time high, but it is up 150% over the past year, while Norwegian investors will have seen their krona-based Bitcoin appreciate 80%. Of course, around 90% of Bitcoin trading is done in dollar-based pairs, according to data from CryptoCompare. But the point is that the base currency does matter when gauging performance, especially for investors looking to protect their savings from local currency depreciation. In macro indicators today, I want to add a bit of detail to the US Q3 GDP figures I talked about yesterday. You may remember that the growth came in at 4.9%, more than double that for the second quarter and well ahead of average expectations. Most of the increase was largely due to discretionary personal spending and, well, there were a lot of fun things to do this summer. The categories that saw the highest spending increase were phones, cameras and music equipment, and for some reason, luggage. It's not clear that this momentum can be maintained, however, especially given the resumption of student loan payments, higher gas prices at the pump, and a likely decrease in job security as the high interest rates start to bite. Another meaningful source of GDP growth was defense spending, which grew 4% in the third quarter. This is, unfortunately, unlikely to reverse in the near term. Defense spending does boost GDP, and it can be argued that in these tense times it is necessary. However, 
it's not great for the economy going forward in that it is defensive spending rather than productive spending. That is, the investment is not going to improve industrial productivity or other factors of economic growth going forward. Another item related to the GDP that caught my attention was Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen's reaction. Speaking at a Bloomberg event yesterday, she blamed the current high level of US bond yields on the strong GDP. Treasury yields are now the highest they have been since 2007, with the 10-year benchmark rising above 5% earlier this week. According to Secretary Yellen, this is, and I quote, largely a reflection of the resilience people are seeing in the economy, end quote. This comment has understandably surprised many people because we thought that a large part of the reason yields were climbing was to do with fiscal policy. In other words, We thought that bond yields climbing even beyond levels that correspond to interest rate expectations was something to do with the vast amount of supply set to hit the market. But no, Secretary Yellen assures us that's not the case. It's that the economic strength is keeping bond yields high because interest rates are likely to remain high. There's no need to lower interest rates if the economy is doing just fine, with Fed funds at their highest rate since just before the great financial crisis of 2008. This does seem to me a bit like driving while looking in the rearview mirror, but Secretary Yellen is a much more experienced economist than I am. In stocks, U.S. indices had yet another day of red. It's been a bad week for equity investors. Yesterday, the S&P 500 dropped 1.2%, the Nasdaq fell 1.8%, and the Dow Jones lost three quarters of a percent. The markets are not loving the earnings reports, even though most so far have come in ahead of expectations. In Europe, the FTSE 100 and the DAX closed down roughly 1% yesterday, with the Eurostoxx 600 down half a percent. This is despite the European Central Bank pausing rate hikes for the first time since the start of its hiking cycle in July of last year. So far this morning, European markets seem to be taking a breather, with the major indices largely flat. Asian markets were more cheerful today, with the Japan's Nikkei index up 1.3%. Japan's inflation data for September came in higher than expected, with the headline index increasing 3.3% year-on-year, not far from the US headline figure of 3.7%. This is bringing forward expectations of a long-awaited shift in Japanese monetary policy, with a possible interest rate hike expected to help support the depreciating yen. The Shanghai Composite increased 1% today, while the Hang Seng Index was up 2%. In commodities, oil prices were climbing again as tensions in the Middle East ratcheted up a few notches after the US conducted strikes on Iran-linked facilities in Syria. Earlier today, the Brent crude benchmark was trading 1.3% higher on the day at $89.64 per barrel. Gold is more or less flat, trading at $1,982 per ounce. Stay with us. After the break, I tackle a topic that has been all over the headlines. You can probably guess what it is. CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back. 
Last Friday, you may remember that we changed the format of this section a bit to tackle some of the questions you've been sending in. Thanks very much for that, by the way. I do love seeing what you're interested in, so do please keep them coming. We got good feedback on that format, so we're going to continue with this for now. Several of you sent in questions about the potential impact of the Sam Bankman-Fried trial on the crypto market. And since there is so much coverage of this topic, of course, the best is on Coindesk, it's something worth addressing. So, to paraphrase some of the questions I've seen, is the SBF trial good or bad for the crypto market? The short answer is both. Technically, there's no impact. Most of the information that is coming out was known, and the surprises are more along the lines of how utterly shambolic FTX management was, and just how little we the public understood about Sam's priorities. None of that is market-moving stuff. There could be some price reactions to announcements of asset sales, but that is more in the hands of the FTX liquidators than the trial itself, and it is generally flagged ahead of time. In terms of sentiment, there has been and probably still is a significant impact. It's depressing for all inside the industry that FTX grew so big on fraudulent practices, and even more depressing that FTX came to represent crypto markets in conferences, on stadiums, and in the halls of regulatory power. Understandably, traditional investors observing the crypto ecosystem from the sidelines are likely to be more skeptical of crypto's potential to improve capital markets, and we've all seen the regulatory action. But the questions were more about the trial, and on that, well, having Sam again dominate the headlines in crypto media is a depressing reminder of the shock and the disappointment. This case is also being covered by mainstream media, and having fraud and crypto merge in headlines and in readers' perception is not exactly a good look. On the other hand, the SPF headlines are also a reminder of the lessons we have collectively learned. Going forward, we are all going to be less trusting, which is what we should have been in the first place. We are going to demand more accountability, more proof of custody, and of reserves. Venture capitalists are likely to be more skeptical of aggressive fundraising rounds. All of this is going to lead to a stronger industry going forward. The daily headlines are a reminder of the embarrassment, but also of the determination to never let this happen again. And, hopefully, once the trial is over and Sam is in jail, we can close this chapter and move on. I'm sure I'm not the only one really looking forward to that. That's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Atchison for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights. 